This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch. And I'm Zareen Sneaky. And today we are endlessly scrolling through our For You pages on TikTok live. I'm just kidding. Um, but we are getting the lowdown, you know, the 411 to age us up even more um, on all things TikTok. So much so that we have a special guest that's going to help us understand and make a little more sense of the world of TikTok. A special guest with a degree in things yeah. that we don't have a degree of. Yes, but first, Becky, what's your not over it? Um, since today's episode is about TikTok, my not over it, my soft not over it is about the fact that when Facebook and Instagram recently went down for less than, I think, 12 hours, it seemed like the entire world came to a halt, mostly just because of what that really reflected about us as a society of even during a work day, it suddenly felt like we were missing part of our limbs. And that's a little bit scary. The number of times I kept like picking up the phone to open Instagram and then realized it wasn't there and was like, yeah, you knew that wasn't there, but you just yes. have this. I think that's called addiction. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't <laughs> good. But um, my real not over it for the week is Couch Boy. Are you aware of Couch Boy? No, I don't. I, I mean, you were in Iceland, so it's either you were in Iceland or you're not on the same corner of TikTok as I am. But this is now yet. a TikTok, uh, a viral TikTok that's a couple of weeks old, where this girl posted what she thought was a very innocent video of her surprising her boyfriend at college. And she walks into his apartment and oh, no. he's sitting on the couch with three other girls. Oh, no. And he like he looks happy to see her, but he doesn't jump up and throw his arms around her. He doesn't actually stand up from the couch. He stays seated. Oh, no. And she presents the video as surprising my boyfriend in college. And immediately people jumped all over this of he's cheating on you with one of those three girls. And then it became a full crime scene investigation oh, of people God. analyzing every person in the video. There's one girl who puts her hood up and they're like, that girl definitely knows something. There are people who suspect that he was passing his cell phone to one of the other girls. This user who again was just posing this to be like, look at me and my cute boyfriend is now up to 185,000 followers on TikTok because of people who just want her to know that they think she should break up with her boyfriend. Jesus. And then people making the actual original TikTok has 62 million views. Wow. And people have made a million response videos in addition to analyzing all the ways that they think this guy, Robbie, her name's Lauren. This is Robbie. That Robbie 
isn't right for her. Robbie kind of just sounds like a douchebag. Then she was responding to people in the comments and, you know, everyone TikTok's calling each other bestie. And she asked them to refer to her as colleague because she doesn't know them. And then (laughs) people were like, colleague, this isn't it. Colleague, you need a new boyfriend. Um, But mostly I just like can't. I'm like, what is she going to do with her overnight fame? Will she retain these followers? Is it going to be like a flash in the pan? If she continues to be with him, then her story is like this is over now. They're like, well, no, people. Well, no, I think the opposite. I think because she continues to be with him, people will continue following her. Well, that's what I'm saying. So if she breaks up with him, then it's like she can't break up with him now because she's addicted to the fame. She has to have this. Well, and she's so defensive. She's so defensive of Robbie. Yeah, it has to be like we have to follow her to her wedding. Yes, Lauren and Robbie happily ever after. Couch boy, hashtag couch boy. (laughs) Anyway, I'm not over how many followers she has. What are you not over? Um. I am not well. First, I was, as you mentioned, I was in Iceland, so I missed the entire like meltdown of Facebook and Instagram because I was out of the country and on a different time zone. And I just remember getting back to. They the don't hotel. have they don't have social media in Iceland, is what you're talking. They well, when you're in a hot spring for five hours in the middle of nowhere, you don't really check. Wow, tell me you're rich without telling me you're rich. <laughs> I actually, I think anyone can access this hot spring. It's not that cheap. I mean, it's not expensive. It was like twenty bucks. Um, but I came back and I was like, oh, Instagram was down for seven hours. And then I just opened Instagram and it was working by then. So I was like, wow, this, but it was fun to read through Twitter and people being so like, you didn't try, you didn't try to post some of your scenic photos and you weren't met with a hard server error is what you're telling me. Yes. Correct. Wow. I was, I say shocking. It. I know. Um, my not over it this week is related to Bravo and president Biden. Okay. Um, so I am, as Becky is aware, obsessed with Bravo. I pretty much watch every single show on it because I have no life. And uh, one of the oh, – this woman, Megan King, she used to be a re- on The Real Housewives of Orange County. She is no longer in the cast, but she is marrying Joe Biden's nephew, Cuffy Owens. Um, I'm sorry. His name's Cuffy? It's C-U-F-F-E. How, how do you pronounce that? Cuff? Is it just Cuff? Is it E-silent? Is that short for something? Cuffington? Every place, every article, Cuff-chiman? people, page six, everything is cuff. Cuffy, cuff, cuffy. I don't know. Anyway, President Biden is attending this wedding, I guess. And I'm just like, Bravo has officially made it to the White House. And I just can't believe the trajectory that this woman has had. But now she is in the Biden family. So truly no one is safe from Bravo celebrities. Bravo celebrities, if you will. I just can't, I can't get over believe it. that's this man's name. Yeah, well, that's also that's the soft not over it. I think is his name, and then it's Cuff the hard not Owens. Over. Okay, yeah. I literally I didn't listen to I didn't hear anything you said after that guy's name. Oh, that's good. That's Cuff. kind. Thank you. Sorry, um, I was too busy googling what's Cuff's real name, and I couldn't get the answer because I think it's Cuff. It is Cuff. I've been reading many <laughs> articles. About it. It's just Cuff. Oh no. Anyway, good for Megan. Um, her ex husband was a total piece of crap. So hopefully, Cuff Biden is better. Cuffy. I don't. Somebody knows how to pronounce his name. Please email us. All right. Well, let's get into the episode. Okay. So, if you've somehow made it through this this many months of the pandemic and still have not downloaded TikTok, I want to be the first to say you're not better than anyone. <laughs> because that is my, um, you know, listen. I was. I'll be the first to admit that I was definitely very resistant to downloading TikTok earlier in the pandemic. 
um, because it was sort of this platform that was quote unquote for children and I am too old for it. And I felt weird and uncomfortable, whatever. But then, you know, I think once I downloaded it, it's become this like obsession of like, a, it's nice to escape whatever is happening in my current life and on Instagram, which I'm like exhausted by. But I think it has become a place where people are saying constantly the things that I am thinking is how I feel about my For You page on TikTok and TikTok in general. Well, first we should say that TikTok was not invented during the pandemic, even though it sounds like you didn't start thinking about it until the oh, beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I was forced to. I had nothing else going on. You're like, if during the pandemic you had not considered, um, it's actually, you know, where dinosaurs it's, but it's been around since 2014. And then at first it was musically, then in 2016, it was bought and now it is TikTok. But to your point, even though it was very big before we jumped on, it definitely had a boom during the pandemic because we were literally left to our own devices, yes. had nothing else to do. I, I resisted TikTok mostly because I didn't understand it, which really makes me feel old and sad. But I downloaded it and then was like, I don't, what am I supposed to be looking at? Am I supposed to be yeah. following celebrities? So now right. if you look at the people who I'm following, it's like Will Smith and Justin Bieber and like Hamilton, the musical. I, I was just like, I don't really know what I'm trying to find on here. So it takes... <laughs> It takes a minute. The other day I convinced a friend to download it and she responded, how do I make my algorithm? No, oh, no. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, honey. You, you just have to engage with the right things. No, but that, yeah, that's exactly the point. I think when I downloaded, when I, my resistance also was that it's just, I was like, is this just kids doing dances? Because it was like my whole life, you know, before learning what TikTok was, was just like, this TikTok song is everywhere. This TikTok song is everywhere. Everybody just doing dances. And so... For me, it was like, oh, this is an actual song. But now I am referring to things as like the TikTok noise or like the TikTok song. And so I didn't really understand what the platform even was. And now I'm like, oh, it's everything all the time. Right. And, that's, <laughs> and that makes us sound young and cool, too. Yes. Have you heard the TikTok sound? Into the thick of it? Into the thick of it. Into the thick of it. <laughs> but oh, no, no, is my favorite, too. No, earlier our producer was like, I discovered this new Bo Burnham TikTok. And I'm like, is it the one with the police? And she was like, yes, <laughs> this new TikTok sound. It's all the rage. But yes, I. it's all about the magical algorithm for me. Yes. It's the fact it is the wondrous amazement that the things that I could be served on TikTok can be completely different from the things that you're being served and that it has nothing to do with who you're following. And it really has nothing to do or very little to do with what your friends and relatives and fourth grade teacher that you're friends with on Facebook are creating, <laughs> which is what really sets it apart. It, that's what adds to, adds to the escapism for me instead of FOMO. And the thing I like most about TikTok instead of Instagram or, you know, Twitter or whatever, definitely not Twitter, well, sometimes Twitter, is that very often I can find things that make me laugh out loud unexpectedly. Like yeah. uh, nothing on Instagram is really making me laugh out loud. Like sometimes on Twitter, but you got to really dig through a, a trash fire to get something funny there. Um, yeah. Twitter is very specific to like, you know, 
Twitter makes you laugh when you're watching Love Island. People are upset about the things happening. That's a good time to be on Twitter. But yeah, outside of that, to your point, TikTok is a place where you get unexpected joy more often than you get from other platforms, I, I would say. Right. And it starts to feel like the as the page, as the algorithm learns you, you really feel like it's kind I mean, unfortunately, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's really connecting. This is where I belong. And then I'm like, based on these comments, everyone here is 14 years old. No, that's no. not great. Well, that's what we like about TikTok. But as with all social media, anything that eats away at your time and sucks away hours of your life, you have to wonder what it's doing to your brain, to your attention span, to your life. Well, yes. And that's why we have invited a professional to help us out with some of these questions so we can really understand what it is actually doing to our brains and affecting us in every way. And what we can do about it. And the answer is throw your phone into the ocean and don't look back. (laughs) Yes. But then you won't be able to listen to this podcast. You can listen to it on desktop. (laughs) All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will have our interview with Dr. Julie Albright. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Hey. All right. Uh, We are very excited to have a special guest on today's show, Dr. (laughs) Albright, who is a sociologist. She specializes in digital culture and more specifically the connection between sociology, psychology, and technology. What's it doing to our brains and our culture and how is it, you know, affecting our happiness and all of that. And specifically, we have a lot of questions about TikTok. Yes. Um, To kick things off, uh, speaking of, you know, things that we're addicted to and how we kind of introduce, we get introduced to social media. I found that I was introduced to TikTok during a time where we were all pretty isolated, you know, during the pandemic. And I think that's, that's a time when a lot of us that were resisting TikTok really caved and finally downloaded the app and began our journey of endlessly scrolling through these videos. Um, do you think that has something to do with the platform really taking off in terms of folks feeling like this is a place where they belong because we're all kind of trapped in our homes during this time? And it, it really felt like a way to just, I don't know, you were a part of the world without having to leave your house. Yeah, it's a great question. Well, thanks for having me. First of all, it's good to see you guys. Uh, well, what I would say is I think you're uh, really on the mark saying, is this sort of a factor of, of our COVID moment? And if you look at what was going on, there's been a lot of contention on, let's call it mainstream social media, sites like Facebook, sites like Twitter, uh, through the election cycle, a lot of negativity, a lot of fighting. And then came the COVID where it's, it seemed like an avalanche of bad news. You know, it's people dying. It's it's arguing over vaccines. It's, you know, just, you know, my aunt died, my uncle died, my dad died, you know, just this constant bad news cycle coming in, which is kind of depressing and sad and people, you know, getting upset. 
And and during the moment of COVID, suddenly TikTok comes along where people are dancing and there's music and and it's right. funny and they're just doing goofy stuff and just being and 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 by the way, as it came out, as you know, it skewed very young. So it yes. was more like young teens, young folks. You know, you think of like a Charlie D'Amelio at age 16 or so, you know, and some of these had been on since musically when they were, you know, young teens and then just sort of rode the wave into the TikTok. But this idea that here was this escapist place of fun and joy and goofiness and music. And it, I think it did give sort of an escapist, you know, respite from, from the bad news of the pandemic, the fears, the tension. It was like an, a moment of just to be free and have fun and, and be light. And, you know, we need that. You can't be dark all the time. You can't be, you know, in this kind of somber mood on endlessly. Your body just kind of gets exhausted from it. So I think it did provide a sort of an escape from, from COVID when we were all locked down and, you know, people doing dances in their homes and all these things. Right. A little bit of a break from the doom scrolling that was happening, I guess. Yeah. Hundred percent. Well, what's what's funny about that though to me is that um, you know early on when I was talking to some of my friends when a lot of my friends were getting on TikTok and we were sort of realizing the difference in your algorithm and I think I was talking about how oh I see a lot of videos of dogs or recipes or or dances and you know it's entertainment it's fun and one of my friends mentioned that her algorithm is mostly depressed teenagers and women who had lost their children. And I immediately said to myself, well, I don't want to know how you got into that corner of TikTok, which is now sort of how we talk about it, or or people start to realize, you know, if I like this, I'll I'll stay on this corner of TikTok. But what's your take on how the algorithm sort of matches your individual personality and how that can affect people differently? Well, that's another great question. Well, I think let's back up for a moment and and think about um, about the sort of addictive quality of it, which I think is part of what you're sort of getting at. You know, why do we get into this specific thing? How do we keep coming back for more? And you know, when the internet started out, um, people used to talk about addiction, and I didn't really like that because uh, at the time, you know, you're plugged into the wall. And you, you know, go online, check email or doing whatever. And then you'd walk away from it. Like it didn't go with you in your pocket on your, you know, internet enabled mobile device, like your smartphone or something like that. So, you know, fast forward as, as mobility came about, particularly the iPhone launching that off uh, where this internet's with us all the time and apps, uh, you know, an interesting stat that I, I like to talk about is when the iPhone first came out, 90% 90% of the time, it was used for phone calls. 10% of the wow. time, it was used for app. Yeah, you laugh because now it's completely reversed. Only 10% of the time are these used for actual phone calls. The rest of the time, 90% of the time, we're using apps. So that's huge. And 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 what's happened is, as we have these mobile apps in this sort of app world developing, now it's baked into these apps to have us want to come back for more. In other words, there's sort of addictive driving elements to the apps baked in, designed in, that keep us coming back. And one of them is, as you said, this sort of hyper personal targeting to your interests. That's one of the elements of doing that. Um, Another one is the scroll. Now, you can see the scroll on Facebook, you can see it on Twitter, you can see it on Instagram. 
Instagram where you're scrolling along and you see content like, eh, that's kind of boring. I've seen or I've seen that before. Or you go, oh, that's neat. Or wow, that's new. You know, something like that. So it's this constant scroll. Well, uh, that is linked to something like, have you guys ever seen those uh, one-armed bandits or slot machines in like Vegas? You know, where the things roll, da, 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 da. what happens? Nine times out of 10, 99.9% of the time, do people take their money and walk off? No, they throw it right back in and then they lose all the money, right? So psychologists call this random reinforcement. So it means that some, just like that slot machine, you're pulling the thing, you're pulling the lever. Sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. This random reinforcement is the strongest behavioral driver we know to keep you coming back for more, right? Well, we know it. that gambling's addictive. We all right. have heard of that, right? Gambling addiction. Well, guess what? The same exact behavioral driver is baked into apps like TikTok. So, for example, now the scroll, think about that thing scrolling on, ding, 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 you're watching, waiting, am I going to win or not? Well, now you've got the scroll, Right. So you see a video and go, wow, or you see a video and go, eh, that's not that interesting. Let me go to the next one. And it <laughs> right. just, it, it, you know, you see, it's the exact same dynamic. And what this means is uh, they did studies with the rats originally where you push a bar and you get a pellet. You push a bar and you get a pellet. Well, imagine yourself if you said something, I gave you a cookie every time. Here's a cookie. And you said it again. I gave you a cookie. Said it I'm again. In. How many times are you going to do that? I mean, by five times or something, you're like, okay, I'm done with the cookies. You know, you're sort of over it. If you said something and I said, hey, if you say something, I might give you a cookie. And you said it and said it and said it and said it. And I never gave you one. You'd be like, well, this doesn't work. So the behavior, <laughs> they call it extinguishes. You stop doing it because there's no payoff. But if sometimes you get that cookie and sometimes you don't, that's when you, get, you, know, you go crazy and you just keep doing the behavior. That's random reinforcement. Sometimes I give you a reward, sometimes I don't. So random reinforcement, once again, is the most powerful behavioral driver to keep you coming back for more, and it's baked right into TikTok. So that's yeah, part of that thing. And what they did differently, I want to say one more thing, is from Instagram, you're scrolling, but TikTok kind of invented, I will say, the auto-scroll. So it just scrolls into the next video, scrolls it in the next thing you know, it's three in the morning. Right. Yeah. Yes. So they've even amped up the level of that, you know, keep you coming back for more thing with random reinforcement, meaning sometimes the content's interesting or exciting or, whoa, you know, shocking or new. Sometimes it's boring and meh. And it's triggering like these dopamine hits in your brain too. Like, oh, oh, you know, and then sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's boring. Well, let me see another one. Let me let me just look at one more video. And as I said, next thing you know, it's three in the morning. Right. Well, I think it's so easy to keep. Now I'm like realizing my own behaviors on TikTok where I will get on right before I go to bed and I keep scrolling through nine videos and I'm like, all of these have been trashed. But then on the 10th one, I find something I like and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep going. I'll keep going. Maybe there's another. That's yeah. random reinforcement. Would you say that then there's any benefits that we get from TikTok in terms of our brains, because every once in a while we do get those dopamine hits and maybe that's worth it. I think I've also seen, and I know you've seen, a lot of um, sort of confessional videos, moments of people 
looking to connect with others that have been through, you know, loss of someone or, or an illness or anxiety or whatever that kind of struggle might be. And having a community step up and say, hey, we, you know, we had that too. We're here for you. So it's served that function, that social support function for people in an interesting way. Even, and I'm sure you've seen moments of, hey, this guy's homeless and doesn't have any money. And then people, you know, Venmo or send money in different ways. And then helping this person, you know, helping lift people through, through difficult moments. So there's there's some real positive things about it that have come out of this pandemic that, uh, you know, shouldn't be overlooked as well. Speaking of that, I feel like there, you know, at this point in society, there's a lot of blanket statements about how social media is making people more depressed. Social media is giving people, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out. And I, I personally understand that, relate to that, and feel that specifically on platforms like Instagram, where you're looking at people you know mostly, or, you know, these people that we've sort of glorified as influencers. Whereas on TikTok, a lot of the experience for many people is that they're not creating and they're not following people they know, but are instead getting this sort of feed of total random strangers and most of the time it's a, a lot there's influencers but it's a lot of more like quote-unquote regular people do you feel like that makes it less of a depressing social media platform or do you think that sets it apart from these other social media platforms that are maybe having a more negative effect on mental health well Yes and no. I mean, as I said, there is that everyday person. There's that everyday person being sort of open or transparent about struggles and things. But they've also got, hey, my best friend is rich. You know, let's look at their house and showing off stuff and going to fabulous locations. Uh, uh, you know, some amazing tree house in Tulum with a DJ and a crazy party during the middle of a COVID moment. You know, and then you say, wow, look at that life they're leading. And I'm locked in my bedroom, you know, I mean, so there is some of that going on as well, that that sort of FOMO life where they're holding up, you know, the the fabulous car, the purses, the fashion, the, you know, all the branded fashion, all that. So there is that stream, whether or not you get on that stream is another question, which you may not ever see that because of that algorithm again, but there, there certainly is, they call that invidious comparison. And it, what psychologists have learned about that is that if you compare down, let's say you say to yourself, actually, look at that guy or gal over there. They're homeless. I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed. I have a wonderful home. I'm family and life or a job or, you know, whatever it is. Oh, my friend lost her job. Gee, I'm sure glad I got my job. If you're comparing down, you you your self-esteem boosts, you feel a little better about yourself. But if you're comparing up, saying, gosh, look at that person with those Balenciaga shoes, or why don't I have that Hermes bag? God, look at their house. My, my house doesn't look like that. It's just like Pinterest perfect. You know, uh, then you tend to take a hit on your self-esteem. So it just, again, depends. And the issue I think here is knowing that about invidious comparison, comparing up kind of knocks you down. You've also got, remember, the now there's older people kind of coming on there now, but all in all, that app skews young. So you've got young people who perhaps haven't quite come into their own yet. They haven't quite solidified who they are, what they're about inside, how they feel about themselves. So they're still 
becoming an adult, becoming who they are and comparing up going, gosh, I feel like a loser now because I don't have, I haven't done all that. Look at that person going to do all these things, uh, you know, Paris fashion week, flossing all these clothes. And here I am sitting in my bedroom at my parents' house, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, that's, that's part of it. And that does go on, um, on TikTok. Well, something else that's interesting to me too, is that on the flip side of this, the people who are creating the content, especially the ones who start getting attention, start building followers, there becomes this expectation from them that they are going to constantly put out something new almost every day. And there were reports that during the pandemic that a lot of these influencers were burning out, they were starting to turn on TikTok and they didn't even, they were starting to dread creating your own content. So what's your take on the mental health of the people who are creating it and all have this expectation of them? And a lot of them are kids or teenagers. Yeah. Kids. Yeah, they are kids, you know, and I, I think that that's very well put. And the idea being as well, if you look at teenagers now um, and then you compare them to teenagers of, I don't know, 1960, 1950, you know, whatever age you want to pick, the teenagers now are so much more pressure to have, especially the girls, you know, the makeup and the hair and, you know, everything. They look like 26 year olds. Be it of the baby boomer generation, you know. So, so not only are you just being a kid doing something fun, but you have to have the perfect hair and the perfect face and all your clothes and everything. Uh, And a lot of them also are talking about that providing fresh content. um, You know, a new outfit. There's also been a trend, by the way, which I thought was interesting, where. People are are having clothes shipped from a department store or something to their house, wearing it, making this content, fresh, 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 and then sending the clothes back afterwards. So they have all the, there's this huge trend of that happening. I think that it's not only the content, I think it's also sort of looking perfect, body the right way, clothing, and the pressure is on for these kids. And once again, they are kids and you know, I think, and the expectation also, and this has been very difficult, I think, for these kids. Kids are going to make mistakes. I will guarantee that every one of your parents and my parents made a mistake when they were a kid, right? right. But now everything's documented, captured, followed up on any little thing you said or did. And the, some of these kids have been crucified for right. a dumb kid mistake as they're developing into their personhood you bump around and knock around in life into the walls onto the guardrails until you kind of figure out again who you are who you want to be what your values are what guides you and and where you're going in life what drives you and motivates you and these kids are still figuring it out and they make mistakes and suddenly they're canceled you know suddenly they're the victim of cancel culture on there which i think the pressure of that is is enormous because they spend so much time online living online like that's their life that's their social life and suddenly they're canceled and thrown out you go back in history you go back like to ancient rome i will tell you the worst punishment you know what they did they banished people they they set them out of the city limits and say you're no longer welcome you're banished so from all your friends in other words you're canceled so 
this idea of banishing people and canceling them and trying to cancel them off the app, this is as old as our civilizations are. And it's a very painful because once again, we're hardwired to be together, to see one another. And people develop little followings and families and groups online of followers that, you know what I'm saying, that are sort of loyal to them. And then somebody's canceled. You're banished out into the wilderness. And it's it's one of the worst things that can happen. And I think as a kid who, again, hasn't, that's where their self-esteem's coming from, that feedback of positive adulation from fans, that's very tough to be canceled and to be, you know. So I think that these pressures on kids to look perfect, always be on, creating new content, and never make a mistake. I think it's very, it's a very hard, you know, believe it or not, it seems superficial, but if that's where you're coming from and that's your world, it's a very hard world to grow up in, in that sense. Yeah. Serena, Serena and I talk all the time about how if everything we did when we were in middle school was <laughs> documented, like who amongst us, especially oh, yeah, like maybe not in the moment, maybe you, you're not canceled Nobody. in the moment, but like the way that society has evolved and what's appropriate and what's allowed and what isn't like we would have every one of us would would have been every canceled. one of us. But specifically with TikTok, what you know, I'm curious what like long term, like heavy effects on our on our mental status is, is going to come from this specific app because there well, is this persona of connecting us all, but then it's also mm-hmm. we're hyper, you know, we're judging each other constantly on there too. So yeah. And disconnecting it is. And you know, there's some, there's some interesting unseen consequences. Teens say in recent studies that they're online quote almost constantly. So this is all day, all night sleeping with the phones, the whole nine, well, it turns out now there is a glo- most people aren't talking about this. There's a global sleep deprivation going on. Uh, it turns out that teens and young young adults are sending text messages up to about 32 on average after they've gone to bed. So picking up that phone in the middle of the night. Well, let me just look at TikTok real quick, and an hour goes by. Well, here's the deal. There's a connection between mind and body, and there's a connection between what you eat, your exercise, and key component to mental health and physical health is sleep. So if you've got these apps like the TikTok, and like I said, you're up till three, four in the morning looking at stuff, and oh, shoot, you know, now it's three thirty, four in the morning. I've got class at eight, you know, you're getting three, four hours sleep on and on like this. That can then impede your ability to deal with stressful things in life, which will come. It's harder to deal with emotional things. It's harder to deal with stressors in life that come at you suddenly when you haven't slept right. So we've got a global sleep crisis happening with these kinds of apps that are keeping particularly kids up all night, which then impacts your mental health. Yeah, well, I think about it, too, a lot in terms of how we, especially after the last year, are starting to move more towards a remote work environment where even more so than ever, you know, obviously the sleep thing, it's like there's no separation between the sleep and the phone. But now it's like there's no separation between where you're sleeping, where you're working and where your phone is and there's no one around you to hold you accountable for are you pick how many times a day you're picking up your phone I'll just pick up TikTok I'll be on it for one second and I I have a lot of skepticism about the belief that working from home like increases your productivity and a large part of the reason is because of 
that. So I, I think that in the future is also something that I, I don't know how that's going to affect, especially young people who might be entering a workforce where they're never in an office. Right. That's right. There's no boundaries between us and tech. And, right. you know, the, the bottom line is people are saying, well, it's no big deal. The big deal is this. We're embodied creatures. We're not meant to be sitting in a chair staring at a screen all day long and all night long. It, it's not healthy for us, for anybody. And so this idea of setting boundaries, or we could call them like sacred spaces, like taking some time away from that device to give your brain even, by the way, a rest. They t- you know, your, your brain is constantly going. And in fact, when we talked about the high speed of new information, I was seeing the other day that 92% of all information in the world was created in the last two years. So can you, I I know, I know, I know. So can you imagine, think about somebody in medieval Italy, you know, a woman down there, the amount of information that she would take in in the average day or month or year or lifetime even doesn't come close to what the average person now is, is bombarded with. And so our brains need a break from this constant barrage, like a fast flowing river of information knocking us over to go outside and be physical, to go in nature, to have moments of calm where you're not constantly focusing attention. It's harder even to get like ideas that way because you're not giving your time, the subconscious and your brain and your body, you know, time to just sort of not be focused on looking at something on touching something, on texting something, on responding, on scrolling, you know, going out and looking around, for example, seeing clouds or walking around gives your brain time to rest. That's another thing that modern kids are not doing enough of. All the studies are showing that kind of thing as well. So, you know, only 6% of kids now play outside at all anymore. Oh my God, that's so sad. I know, they're online, on devices, growing up digital. It's, and that's really what's happening. It's always horrifying when, you, when, you, we, when I pick up the phone and it tells me what my screen time was, how many times you picked up the phone last week. That's the worst. No. And the, the saddest part to me with kids, too, is that it's so apparent what elite, a learned behavior it is when you're around kids who will literally tell their parents, no more pictures, don't record me. Like my, my own niece and nephew, even if we're just watching TV, will be like, put your phone down. You're always on your phone. Like they, they see it. And part of it is like, I think, a jealousy of you have this thing that I don't have, but they really are naturally like more inclined. Like they want to be outside. They want to be connecting. They don't want you to be recording them all the time and taking pictures, but it's sort of like, we can't help ourselves, but like infect them with this disease that we all have, which is really sad. Yeah. It's also interesting to see what, how we've changed the society from like when the internet first came out, right? Having luxury was like having DSL. You like had instant access to the internet. With, and now it seems like luxury is getting away from the internet. These wellness retreats where it's like, leave your phone at home for three weeks and pay $300. And I'm like, shouldn't I just put my phone down? Like I don't, and there's, I can't. Yeah. It's like, I literally can't because now it's been embedded in who I am in the past 20 years, having access to everything where I'm watching a movie and right. there's somebody on TV and I'm like, who's his dad? How old is he? How tall is he? How much does he weigh? And you're like, what is wrong with you? Just watch the movie. But it's almost impossible. And that's, I, it, it's crazy right. to see how much of a shift there has been in terms of the way our brain processes things. But 
it's crazy. You know, to close things out, um, my last question for you, I guess, would be, are we are we screwed? Um, are we ruining our brain spending this much time on TikTok? <laughs> well, you know, again, it's just a matter of creating boundaries. And, you know, there's simple things you can do. Um, for example, uh, it's easy to just get lost in the world of TikTok and lost in the, the scroll where, again, you open your eyes and go, oh, my gosh, it's 3.30 in the morning. So one thing you can do is set a timer. When that timer goes off, you've made an agreement with yourself. Okay, that's it. When the timer goes off, we're done for the night. And then you put your device. And second, charge that device in another room so that you're not picking up TikTok and getting caught into the, the swell of the scroll again at three in the morning when you happen to wake up. Well, let me just look real quick. And then suddenly it's 5.30 in the morning. So this idea of sort of setting boundaries in ways through uh, a barrier, which is one, an alarm that tells you time's up. And second, charging your phone in another room. You know, and third, try to make a life where you have some time outdoors and you're eating healthy food and you're moving and exercising or yoga, you know, practices that are healthful and, and you feel better, you know, and then it builds on itself. So those three things I would say would be good to do. The timer has helped me a lot, even when I make the conscious decision to ignore it for yes. the day or for like 15 <laughs> minutes, at least then there's a shot of guilt and shame that I'm injecting hey. into myself. So to that balance. All about that. A bit. Yeah. Ignore for the, the rest of the day. Of <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, especially on a Saturday, it's really easy for me to hit that ignore button. I'm like, get out of here. I'm going to yeah. scroll this until it's tomorrow. Exactly. <laughs> Julie, thank you so much for coming on the show. If our listeners want to learn more about the connection between technology and culture and society, where can they find more of your work? Yeah, I would just say um, I would plug this book, which is Left to Their Own Devices, uh, How Digital Natives Are Reshaping the American Dream, and really goes into more depth. This is a Bloomberg Top 30 book of the year, uh, goes into more depth about our our world and and what we need to be thinking about to sort of bring things back into balance, I would say. Well, make sure this whole interview is on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, let as, me film it real quick. As, oh, part of our, as part of our whole personality. Yes. All right. Well, that was really insightful. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks for having me. Okay, Zreen, are you ready for your burning question? As long as it's not starting off with a congratulations, I think I'll, I'll be great. I mean, first of all, how dare you, but it's not. <laughs> now I just want to add congratulations. Okay, but <laughs> do you have your phone near you? Because this is uh, a two-part and it includes instructions. Oh, God. Yes, of course I have my phone. My phone is glued to me. I'm a millennial. Okay. As part of this burning question, I want you to... Guess what the first TikTok you're going to see in your TikTok feed will be. And then I want you to share with us what it is. So it's mm -hmm. not really a burning question so much as a burning action, a burning reveal, a true confession. Um, I have admittedly been on TikTok a little bit less, but mostly my TikTok has been Parks and Rec like hmm. stuff, like quotes from par people like recounting Parks and Recs. Um, People redoing this like baby voice that's like a girl like saying how she's 
not going to take time out or something. And Wow. I have no idea what this is. Just like random babies mostly doing like funny things. But let's okay. find out. It was hard to sum up the outrage of that afternoon. Oh, no. There were many thoughtful political statements being made. What is this, like Dateline? Yeah, it's the Daily Show. <laughs> They're like coverage of an anti-mask parents protest. Oh, boy. And there's a woman wearing a shirt that says, I don't want to co-parent with the government. So just right. fun just fun TikTok stuff there. Okay, well, I'll do it, too, in solidarity. I feel like because I've been talking about Couch Boy Slander, it might be Couch Boy. Or I've been getting a lot of um, this, like, old Bo Burnham song where he's like a country he's pretending to be a country music singer oh no and it's he's singing about like a scarecrow have you gotten that that is a scarecrow you haven't no no good girl in a straw hat with her arms out in a cornfield that is a scarecrow uh but so let's see i'm so i'm guessing it's either that's a scarecrow or couch boy let's see i have a huge crush on her like oh no it's it's benny That's drama benny drama i love benny drama he's great i love benny drama always a delight everyone follow benny drama seven on tiktok or instagram or wherever you get your content all right dj play uh you know one of my favorite tiktok songs kiss me more by doja cat featuring SZA. Not Over It is hosted and produced by Becky Kirsch and Zareen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Allison Noel and Lisa Sugar. Have something to share? Tell us the moments you're not over by emailing us at notoverit at popsugar.com. Thanks for listening.